0: This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. That music was Tyler Childers, who is one of my favorites. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope that you will consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I want to thank everyone for your excellent questions about last night's game, and I'm going to answer those in just a bit after I recap the action last night. Atlanta United did something it hasn't done before in its short history. In last night's 1-0 win against Ala in Costa Rica in the first leg of its Champions League series, the team emerged victorious in its first game of the season. A big thanks to Mike Conti for pointing that out on Twitter last night. The team didn't win its openers under Gerardo Martino, the famous loss to Red Bulls, and the horrible loss to Houston, uh, nor did it win its first games under Frank DeBoer. And the fact that it last night won... Against one of the better teams in Central America, while playing with just ten men for the final forty-seven minutes, to me was truly remarkable. You throw in the fact that it was Gabriel Hines' first game in charge of the team, the team hadn't played in more than four months, and it was facing a Aliwilenza team that hadn't lost since November, and is running away with the Costa Rican Costa Rican table, and it was it was a fantastic performance. Oh, and that they were only playing with 10 men for the final 47 minutes. But let's go through some of the game details. The starting lineup featured Brad Guzan and Goal, with Miles Robinson and Anton Walks as the center backs, George Bello and Brooks Lennon as the fullbacks, Santiago Sosa, Emerson Hyman, and Franco Ibarra as the central midfielders, Ezekiel Barco and Jake Moraney as the wingers, and Lissandro Lopez as the sole strikers. It marked the debuts of Sosa, Ibarra, and Lopez for the team, Joseph Martinez and Jurgen Dahm were among the players on the bench. Uh, the team was without Martinez uh, and, beca- and because of his injury recovery from last year's surgery. And Marcelino Moreno was not available because he was serving a red card suspension from last year's Champions League game. So that meant Barco was the only designated player in the starting lineup. Again, adding to the fable of last night. Uh Guzan was forced off in the 43rd minute after a straight red card That came after a, a bad pass from barco or a touch It's not quite clear looking at the replay if it was a pass or just a touch He was trying to work uh defensively and, and it just kind of happened Uh Guzan had to come out of his goal and, and try to make a tackle on an alo player Collided at first the referee brought out a yellow card and then he brought out a red card Off went Guzan on came Rocco Rios Novo, an 18-year-old who signed uh, to a four-day contract on Monday from Atlanta United 2. Rios Novo is on loan with Atlanta United 2 from Lanus in Argentina. Um, they went to halftime, and then Atlanta United got the only goal it would need on a penalty by Barco in the 50th minute. Uh, the penalty kick was a result of a cross by Bello, uh, which the referee deemed to have hit the hand of an Alain player A slow-motion replay shown later in the game proved that the ball hit the player's face and not his arm, but they don't have VAR in the competition yet. And so the call stood, which is interesting because VAR might have also saved Guzan from getting a red card, but it also saved Atlanta United's penalty kick. So as I tweeted last night, it taketh and it giveth. And that's all the five stripes would need. Uh, the team worked together on defense, particularly Robinson and Walks, who won everything in the air, and Sosa, who kind of dropped back as a third center back. Combined, they made nine tackles and were part of fifty-two duels won by the team. I thought Sosa was fantastic last night. Um, I thought most everybody on the team looked really good. I thought Abara and Hyman were pretty quiet in the first half, but Abara was quiet against Charleston in that training exercise and then really came on later as, as the game progressed. Uh, Hyman did the work that he needed to do in the central midfield. I thought Barco, he had a couple of bad giveaways, um, but I thought he looked really, really good last night, really, really determined. He was smart with the ball, particularly late in the game when Atlanta United was trying to relieve pressure. And he would go on runs either looking to create a one-on-one situation or looking to get fouled to relieve the pressure, and that worked a couple of times. Um, He did get a little bit lucky on his penalty kick. It looked like it went right through The goalkeeper's hands, but a goal is a goal. So credit to Barco for the kick, the confidence to take the kick. He did hit it well. Um, He had a fantastic free kick in the first half. I've been critical of Barco in the past, but I also try to give him his due when it's deserved, and it was deserved last night. Um, Again, a big, big year for Barco. Um, I thought Robinson and Walks were a fantastic center back pairing. Uh, You're going to see them again, I'm going to assume, on Tuesday in the second leg of the Champions League series. Some of you were surprised that Brooks Lennon got the nod over uh, Ronald Hernandez. As you saw, Hernandez wasn't even in the game day lineup. Uh, Jack Gurr got the nod ahead of him. Hernandez did not look good against Birmingham. I don't know if he was carrying an injury or or something, but that may be why. Um, I don't think the other other surprise maybe uh, was Jake Mulraney in place of Jurgen Dahm. Mulraney to me is a much better crosser of the ball than than Jurgen Dom I think both of the players hold on to the ball a little bit too long Jurgen said that's kind of what Heinze wants them to do there were times last night that I thought Mulraney would have been much better served with a one-touch pass and then move into the space uh, because he is very fast he's not as fast as Dom but he's very fast but I thought he played really well I I think you probably see Jurgen Dom start the next game but we'll get into that in just a little bit so Now, again, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and find me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Let's go on to your questions. Scott asks, "Uh, Doug, I enjoyed your tweets and your article last night, but was surprised there was nothing about the game in today's Atlanta Journal Constitution. A whole page to the NHL, however. Does the AJC realize we 17s are hungry and aren't getting fed enough? There are a lot of us and we buy stuff. So the game started at 8.08 last night, uh, didn't end until 10-something, and it's just a little bit too late for our deadlines, our print deadlines. If you look at the E edition, there should be something about the game in the E edition of the paper. Um, The paper is really starting to ramp up, providing extra content in the E edition. You've noticed we've been doing it for the Hawks for a long time. We're now starting it with the Braves, and... um, There could be plans for more topics in the future. So please uh, be patient uh, as we continue to to try to provide valuable content for the subscribers uh, on our digital platforms. Michael asks, it was interesting to see Brad give the captain's armband to Lissandro Lopez after getting sent off. Uh, Lissandro was new to the team, but it made sense with his experience, and I figured he came in and made an immediate impact in the locker room. When Atlanta United came out for the second half, Hyman was wearing the captain's armband. Did you see him as being the second captain behind Brad? Uh, Going through the potential starting roster outside of Brad, I wasn't sure who would be next in line for the captain's armband. I just didn't expect Hyman. I guess that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, Hyman has been with the team now two-plus years. I don't really know who else could have gotten it. Maybe Brooks Lynn. Could have gotten it. Uh, Lassandro Lopez has said he's not a very vocal guy. I don't know if that's what Heinzel wants from the captain. Um, but obviously, Lassandro Lopez has the, the best resume of everyone on Atlanta United's roster right now. Um, but I guess a, a change was made at halftime. It might have been – well, I don't want to say it was because Hyman can communicate with the referee because Lopez can communicate with the referee probably much better than Hyman. Um, but we'll see who gets the armband on Tuesday. That'll be a pretty good indication of who Heinza thinks is kind of the vice captain or secondary captain or co-captain or whatever term you want to use. Um, As for Hyman and his performance last night, as I said, I thought he played uh, particularly well. Um, Looking at his stats, Hyman played all 90 minutes. He had one shot, one shot on target, 42 touches, 36 passes, completed 81% of his passes, and won one foul. He didn't have any tackles, but that kind of wasn't his job. His job was to clog the passing lanes and to try to spring people going forward, and I thought he was successful in doing that last night. Adam asks, has the team said anything about Lungard yet? I I don't know what you're asking them to say about Lungard. He did play against Birmingham, uh, and I thought he did well, but Rios Novo got a lot of time in goal, both against Birmingham and Charleston. I think he's, he's probably better with his feet than Lungard, uh, so that's why I think you're going to see Rios Novo in goal again. Um, Adam's second question was Mulraney in the wide right playing as an inverted winger will be, will be extremely dangerous from the small sample size we got last night. Looked like he could cause problems himself, but more importantly, the space he leaves out wide can be filled by Lennon, who can play some dangerous crosses into the box. Hopefully we can develop similar dangers on the left. I think you will. Um, I wrote a story last week about how the wingers, the fullbacks, and the uh, number eight kind of interact with each other to form triangles, uh, in which case they, they read each other and move into the spaces that were left vacant by movement. Uh, you did see Mulaney and Lennon working well together last night. I don't think you're you would gonna see Bello get forward quite as often because Barco, I don't think is is a, is a as good a defender as Mulraney, so Bello has to stay back. You did see him get forward a little bit too much at times last night and and the space behind him did get exploited um a couple of times in the first half, which is another question I'll get to. Um, but that was the case with Bello last year. He got forward a little too often a little too soon, early in the season, and then kind of figured out when he could get forward and when he couldn't and how far he could get forward. So I think that that's going to get rectified as he gets more playing time this season. Um, Don, Dion and Andrew asked similar questions. Do I believe Rocco will get the start for the second leg since Guzan will be out because of his red card? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I don't think he would have been on the game day roster here uh, if they didn't believe that he was the second best choice right now, Alec Kahn is still recovering, or Khan, I should say, is still recovering from off-season surgery. Um, I don't think he's even training with the team yet. Uh, Lundgard didn't make the game day roster, so I do think it'll be Rios Novo. Um, and on Tuesday, in the second leg at Kennesaw State uh dion asked a second question what were my thoughts on the back line specifically in the first half yeah they they um they played well but they were a little bit shaky at times but i think that's a lot of first game nerves uh these were live bullets so to speak ala wilhense is a lot better than birmingham and a lot better than charleston i think you'll see those kind of get worked out a little bit in this second game and continue to improve as they go forward Walks and Robinson started together, I think I wrote this the other day, I think it was nine times last season. So they had good chemistry, but they're also learning a new system under Heinze in which they play uh, much more wide than they did under DeBoer, and neither one of them played a whole lot as center back under Tata. Um, So they're learning the system too. I think they're going to get better. They do need to uh, iron out some of the, the communication issues and some of the bad passes from the first half. Uh, Richard asks, did you get to see much of Heinza interacting and coaching? Uh, is he engaged at all during the match with instructions, or is he more tactical with his communication? Because of the camera angle last time, I wasn't at the game. I was not in Costa Rica. Uh, I'm not traveling yet. Um, there's really no need to because all post-game stuff is done by Zoom, so there's no point in the paper paying for me to go to these places if I can just sit at my desk or on the couch and do the interviews the same Um as if i were there i do wish uh i do hope to travel at some point this season once or if that uh, media policy gets changed i'm not complaining about the policy it's for everyone's safety Uh, it just makes doing my job a little bit more difficult for example last night we only got to talk to heinza and we only got to talk to rios novo if i were at the game uh, either home or away i would have gotten to speak to several more players and been able to write several more follow stories for you um so I, I assume that Heinzel was doing interacting and coaching because that seems to be the type of guy he is, based upon what the players say during the training sessions. But I didn't get to see for a fact. Was there a pair or a trio? This is a second question from Richard. Was there a pair or a trio that stood out to you as if to a good start on chemistry? Uh, I thought as the game went on, Sosa, uh, Walks, and Robinson played very, very well together as a kind of a three center back tandem. Um, I thought Emerson, uh, Hyman, and Abara uh, got stronger in the second half, as I said earlier. I'm looking for uh, brighter things from them uh, after a good start. Uh, And his last question is, final third stagnation was a problem last year. It felt like we're past that last night. Do I agree? And did they look decisive in the attacking third, like they knew what they wanted? So my biggest concern going into this game last night was the offense. Um, Having gone and watched them live at Birmingham there were some issues. They weren't moving very well, I didn't think, in trying to find spaces and trying to make Birmingham make decisions on defense. Um, I was a little bit concerned about that last night. There were some small issues with that last night. Losandro Lopez was dropping deeper and deeper uh, to get the ball. I thought he struggled a little bit last night. But, again, he hasn't played in a while. He's 38. Um, I, th- I think he'll come good. Um Barco uh, and Mulraney had a couple of problems last night holding the ball, holding onto the ball a little bit too long in the final third. But I do think that uh, Atlanta United created a couple of really good chances off of set pieces in the first half. Miles Robinson had one that I've got to think he would once back. It hit, he had a perfect run up. Nobody got on to him on a corner kick for a header, and he headed it down like you're supposed to, but he almost headed it too far down. Um, he didn't really get to put it on goal. Um, I think as you see Moreno come in and as, as Martinez, Joseph Martinez, gets his legs back under him, the offense is going to improve by a great deal. Uh, but I do think there were some good signs last night, but there's still a few concerns in my opinion. Uh, JR asks, how does Marcelino Moreno, being available, change the selection in play? That's a really good question because Ezekiel Barca mostly played as an attacking midfielder, a central attacking midfielder, probably in the role Ibarra played last night during the preseason. So on Tuesday, I think you may see Moreno move out to the left, Barco move centrally, and he was kind of drifting inside a lot more last night anyway as opposed to being on the left, with Moreny or Dom on the right. Now, you put Moreny and Dom on the right, and Alou Elhenze is going to have to push to get that goal. They've got to get that goal. It's going to leave so much space potentially open behind, and Moreno and Dom are so fast – If Barco and or Hyman, whoever starts centrally, can get that ball and put it into space, counterattacks are going to be the thing to watch on Tuesday. So I think you're going to see both those guys start with probably a Barra coming off. Um, And this, I think, is one of the more intriguing questions. It's the finale of the ones y'all sent to me. And again, thank you very much for what you sent to me. Um, Ben asks, Do I think the win last night justified Atlanta United in not sending players to play for the USA in Olympic qualifying? And I don't know if justified is the right word because their concerns were a little bit more about them missing the game uh, because of COVID protocols, I think. Um, But I guess since that's the word you used, yes, it did. Um, I thought the three players are Brooks Lennon, Miles Robinson, and George Bellow who were called up into the preliminary roster for the USA for the, the failed qualifying in Guadalajara, Mexico. And then the two sides, Atlanta United and the U.S. Soccer Federation, um, in this case the team led by Jason Kreiss, couldn't figure out a way to get those three players back in time from the tournament to be able to compete for Atlanta United in last night's game. Now, this decision had been made that weekend, And then for some reason, U.S. Soccer put out a roster on Monday that included Robinson, Bellow, and Lennon, when everyone knew they weren't going. I don't know why U.S. Soccer did that. I asked, and no one would ever answer the question. Uh, I don't want to say that U.S. Soccer did that to make Atlanta United look bad, but it was either just a simple clerical error by the U.S. Soccer Federation, or that is what they did, because it was known that weekend that the players weren't coming. But anyway, yes, Lennon looked really, really good last night. Robinson looked really, really good last night. And Bello looked really, really good last night. Just going through their numbers. Lennon played 90 minutes, led the team in chances created, completed 86% of his passes, had three tackles, and won a foul. That's a pretty good performance in my book. Miles Robinson, 90 minutes, one shot. 62 touches, 45 passes, completed 84.4% of his passes, two tackles, two fouls one, only one foul conceded, which is remarkable considering the heat they were under in the last 15 minutes of that game. George Bellow, 90 minutes, 44 touches, 28 passes, 82% passing uh, percentage, one foul conceded. That, that's... Three solid performances by the Atlanta United players. Brooks Lennon, again, kind of unsung as a quality player for Atlanta United. Uh, a lot of you said Santiago Sosa was your man of the match. I'm not going to argue with you. He also played extremely, extremely well. All right, so that is going to wrap up this edition of Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta journal Constitution. Thank you again for your questions. Atlanta United will next play on Tuesday in the second leg of its Champions League series against Aloha Hensei. Atlanta United leads 1-0. It has always made it out of the round of 16 into the quarterfinals and its previous two appearances in the Champions League. We'll see if it can be done again. Please look for more content about Atlanta United later this week. We're still waiting on the uh, interview schedule. From the team, there may not be because they may be in quarantine uh, because of international travel, but we'll find out. This is Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I'm Doug Robertson. Thank you for listening. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, mm-hmm. lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities, Atlanta's thriving art scene, and the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.